0: Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening today. You're listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. This podcast is a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Alex, and I have the honor to serve as the technical director here at Journey. This Sunday was message one of 17 in our series, The Kingdom, and this week's message is entitled Hearts of the Kingdom. Welcome to each and every one of you that have tuned in to listen to this conversation today. If by chance you missed this week's message, you can check it out on our website at TakeTheJourney.cc, the JCI app, or on our YouTube page. Our mission through this podcast is that your faith would truly be activated. People tune in every week to this podcast for practical ideas on growing in their faith. Through this conversation, our prayer is that Jesus would speak something directly to your heart. Well, I'd like to take this time to welcome a brand new guest to the podcast, Mr. Pastor Christian Gracia. I don't know why I said Mr., but we're going to go with it. Mr. It's, Pastor, it's, it's okay. is that what you want me to
0: call you? You is can that, call me whatever you want. I go by Gracia here. So so, so if Pastor I Pastor if, if I call
1: want. you Pastor Gracia on yeah. the podcast? Yeah. Okay. I'll Let's
0: acknowledge how many people right now tuned in to activate their faith and decided, nah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just deactivate. Just shut it off. Yeah. They're like, mm, I don't like this guy. Yeah. It's like the wrong Pastor Christian. You know, it's like they showed a Pastor so Christian. This is like they version, got one. Version two, and it's like but not like, the full. Who's
1: this guy? Yeah. Is, we'll tune in, you'll find out. Yeah, okay. Well, I uh, I literally have in my notes to insert applause track. Like, we need to get one of those things that's like a button that has like different sound effects. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be super fun. Yeah. But, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to it's have this conversation with you today. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. First off, um, I want to start with an easy one. Okay, so you've been a huge part of the Journey story for a little over a year now. Um, for those listeners that may be newer to the podcast or maybe came to the church for the first time this week or heard your message for the first time this week, could you tell us a little bit about your story, why you're at Journey, what you're doing here, and, and really what brought you to Kansas City?
0: Yeah, well, first thing is thanks for saying I've been a huge part of the Journey no, it's, story. It's I wouldn't true. say huge, but I've said I, I started to be part of it about a year and a half ago, which is crazy to say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got here January 2021 is yeah. when me and my family moved across the country from Las Vegas to Kansas City, and uh, been here ever since, and it's wild. So, the way we got here is kind of long story short um, someone who feels like God is calling in ministry, been working in ministry for the last seven or eight years of my life, and uh, eventually we felt like God really wanted to move us away from Vegas for a time. just didn't know what that went, what, what it was going to be. So, kind of got filled the blanks with uh, me finishing my education at a seminary because of the kind of a unique journey i've been on personally of going into full-time ministry doing school online getting married at a young age having kids school kind of always took the back burner and so eventually it came to a place where like we're ready to go but we don't know what to do and god said why don't you take a a time and kind of go somewhere finish education and then after that you know I'll tell you what's next. Yeah. So we kind of did that and through process elimination, somehow landed at Midwestern Seminary here in Kansas City, in the Northland, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were planning on coming out here. We visited in August and we we're planning to move in January. And so a couple months after that, I was like, I need to find a church to plug into, mm-hmm. me and my family. And so he asked my father in law, I said, Hey, do you know of any pastors in Kansas City, any churches that are good that I can connect with? And he yeah. said, Yeah, I know of one. Wow. I thought, Great. Who? And he said, <laughs> Pastor Christian Newsom at Journey Church International in Kansas City. And I thought, perfect, let's do it. So we connected once. Uh, we we Zoomed once. And we were supposed to come out here, I believe, first weekend of December. But then on Thanksgiving, my wife woke up, had COVID, and then we all got COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it really ruined our plan. So we never got out here before we moved here. Mm-hmm. Maybe talked a few more times, but made a decision to come on board. And through the conversations with with um, Pastor Christian, we kind of put together a plan for us, what we're going to do as I pursued school and then we moved here first week of January, and that was like a Friday. I think we moved into our home, and then Saturday night, uh, Pastor Christian and Danielle showed up on our doorstep, and we just kind of like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, we hope we like you. Hope you like us. If not, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. you're
1: officially on, on our ministry team as the church planning resident. Is that correct? Yes. That how you would
0: so title it? That came out of our first conversation we had on Zoom, sharing my story, how God called me, what he was leading us to do. Pastor Christian was like, "Well hey, what if we did this um, because of the kind of church that we are, a journey of one who believes that we need to plant more churches mm-hmm. and you know reach not only Kansas City but the world? Um, what if you came on board and you helped us shape a residency for future church planning residents that we can kind of have come through here, be prepared, and then we'll send you out, and it'll just start a kind of this continual process of always sending out church planners here yeah. in Missouri in the United States, maybe across the world too um and so I thought." All right. So it's kind of a mutual yeah. thing of right now I'm the resident, um, but I am full-time here doing all those sorts of different things, as well as preparing intentionally to plant a church, also trying to put together, like, what's a good process for someone yeah. else to come after me yeah. so we can continue to do what we believe God's called
1: us to do, to plant more churches.
0: Yeah. So that's that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: We're so glad to have you, and it's just been an awesome year getting to know you and your family. And um, you It's just, been a blessing, man. You guys are great people. It's been so. a blessing. It's it's been a total God story, how we got here
0: knowing no one, and there was one church we were going to get connected with, and it's just been yeah. a home run. It yeah.
1: really has. You want to jump into your message from this week? Uh, let's do it. I'm going to start asking the hard questions. All now. right, cool. bring it on. Okay. All right. Bring it on. So this week, uh, we started a brand-new message series called The Kingdom. For those of you that are newer to the podcast uh, and newer to Journey— We've spent many months um, very, very slowly and meticulously combing through the book of Matthew. You referenced the kind of this process that we've been going through in your message, and we've been learning about who this Jesus guy is, what his mission is, and what it means to be a Jesus, Jesus follower. Now, through the kingdom, we will be trying to construct a biblical worldview and learn what part, uh, as Jesus followers, followers, we have to play in the kingdom, um, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Um why is it so important to understand the baseline of the world and the lost people that live in it, um, and what their mindset is when it, when it comes to discipleship as a Christian?
0: Yeah, so the whole, what we're doing is like, we've been in Matthew, since Matthew 5, since August of 2020. We've been working our way, our, our way through that. Um, and we have really learned a ton, like you said, about Jesus. In our last mm-hmm. series we came out of, called Jesus People, I believe we had nine spiritual realizations of what it meant to be Jesus mm-hmm. People. And that was all about us. Now we're transitioning in the Kingdom series to figure out what's the world that we live in. Yeah. And creating a worldview to kind of help us understand our role in that. I think it's important. For instance, what we talk about this weekend—the soils, the hearts that we encounter in the kingdom—because it's kind of okay. Jesus pulling the curtain back, and He's showing us spiritually what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Because if you just live life from our own perspective, without having any consideration of the spiritual, it can be deeply discouraging and frustrating, and you know you can give up. Yeah. And so we talk about that in the message a little bit. Of we need to know the different kinds of people we're dealing with and the different hearts we're dealing with, things that we can't even see, because if we don't have a box to put those things in, we might just jump ship. Yeah. We might just give up. So it helps us to understand what we're going up against and what we're aiming at and then trust in God to work all of it out because it, it's not a straightforward process, right? It's a super frustrating process sometimes. It's spiritual, um, and I think that helps us stay the course, mm-hmm. you know, to not mm-hmm. be too discouraged, to not think it's all on us. But have this mill ground of like a humility that is driven by the mission mm-hmm. of God
1: trusting him to, to do what only he can do yeah it's good in this uh, in your message this week, we parked ourselves in Matthew thirteen verses one through twenty three and this is the parable of the sower um, one can you define the word sower for us like what, what does that mean and then I'm going to ask you my next question after that like what give us the mental image of what that looks like
0: yeah, so they come from um, two thousand years ago everyone in the the time of Jesus was an agricultural society they would have understood these metaphors and imagery Easily, it would be like talking about fast food restaurants for us today, mm-hmm. which there's a lot there. But uh, they would understand just what goes into that S- sowing seed, spreading seed is really the way that you should think about it. I believe the word Jesus uses in the parable is a farmer. So mm-hmm. a farmer goes out; he's planting seeds everywhere to grow some crops. Yeah. So the idea of a sower is someone that is sowing that seed. Spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. I believe the question yeah. you're not actually yeah. asking, like for an agricult- agricultural, lesson. Right. That's but that's all we're talking about with agriculture. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's how's it going. Is for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So spiritually speaking, what that looks like is sowing the seed of the gospel, of the message of the kingdom. It's it's sharing Jesus with people, and that Mm -hmm. doesn't always look directly like a gospel presentation, but it could look like a conversation that you have with people of just kind of hinting towards Jesus, mentioning Jesus, having spiritual conversations. Those all I would put in the category of having these sowing experiences that you're putting a seed in someone's heart and seeing if it might take root, maybe lead to more conversation, maybe not. Um, But that's in essence kind of what they're, what Jesus is getting at is the way his kingdom grows is through words being planted in people's hearts that eventually take root, create
1: change. Yeah. So this, this parable of the sower, uh, now that we know kind of the mental picture of what a sower is, parable is one of those Bible words that most people probably don't typically use in their, their normal vocabulary anymore. Uh, defined, it means a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. Could you unpack why Jesus used parables so frequently in his ministry?
0: Yeah, I can uh I'll give you the reason Jesus gave him. Um, you know, they asked the disciples in Matthew thirteen, they ask him in verse ten, why do you speak to them in parables? And he just says, Because to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom and not to them. Mm-hmm. And his whole purpose is really to teach the disciples a lessons, not so much the crowd. If if you remember from the message, verses three through nine, Jesus shares the parable. Then he kind of moves on and the disciples stop and be like, what, what are you saying here? And we learn later on in the chapter is he only spoke in parables to the crowds, which would have been so frustrating. But it's because he wanted to create the sense of desire to learn more, to kind of demonstrate the hearts. The hearts that hear the parable are going to be ones that are kind of they want to know more. They want to pursue Jesus more. The ones that don't get it, the hardened hearts, they're just going to you know shrug their shoulders and go on. He's demonstrating that parable real time. So for reasons in a sense unknown to us, he decided to use these kind of proverbial little stories just for the sake of his own mission, for his kingdom, to to teach his disciples who they need to be for the sake of the kingdom to grow. Um, So that's kind of what we see in Matthew 13 is his use of the parables is in a sense for his disciples, but also for all people. Because today, right, like we get yeah. the right perspective of both sides. We yeah. get to see what the crowd heard, but then we get the unpacking of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really this, this tension point of we have something to steward well, these secrets that God has yeah. given us, that we live in a
1: time that we have the full picture. You know, what are we going to do with those now, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. The parable of the sower is all about the condition of the heart, which is basically the whole point of your message, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the different... Um, spiritual conditions of the heart and and what those can look like, specifically that heart that the word of God falls into. Um, You referenced four types of hearts and laid out for us in this parable, the hard heart, the shallow heart, the distracted heart, and the soft heart. Your message was mainly structured around the lost person and their hearing and the acceptance of the gospel message. I want to kind of flip it on you, though do Jesus followers go in and out of go, like hmm. of the different heart conditions themselves per the parable of the sower um, during their spiritual walk with Jesus? And if so, how do we identify which condition our heart is in in, in the current time?
0: Okay, so I would say, usually people would answer this yes and no. I'm going to say mm-hmm. no and yes. Because yeah. I think initially it's a no in the sense of, for a Christian today, for him to go from the soft soil to receive a seed and that grow and bear fruit, you know, for, we would say, be saved, to go backwards all the way to hard soil would be to say there's, there's no root, there's no seed, there's no faith. Right. So that would teach this concept of losing your salvation. So I would say up front, probably in the regard to how Jesus wanted to use the parable, mm-hmm. no. Like we don't go in and out of the soils in that regard. Yeah. At the same time, in the message, I do talk about this reality that we should think, in terms of being both the sower, those who cast the seed spiritually and those who are also soils, ourselves, our mm-hmm. hearts are the soils that Jesus talks about, yeah. and I think it does provide categories for us to think through in our own walk with God, because listen there 's been times in my heart my life, my heart has been hardened, mm-hmm. you know I'm a, I love Jesus, but in two thousand and eighteen specifically was a year that I just had a calloused, hard heart that God had to really work and break through yeah. I was yeah. I still loved Jesus, I was still a Christian. Mm-hmm. But there was internal things that, like, you know, for reasons, you know, myriad of different reasons, my heart was a little bit harder than it was, say, today, and that yeah. God has now softened over yeah. time. I think people can go through those times. I think mm-hmm. people can go through seasons. They're distracted where there might be some weeds and thorns that are kind of getting in the way of their fruit, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're not losing their—they're not, like, slowly falling away from God. And then, of course, you go through some tough times. You go through suffering and persecution that's gonna test your faith, yeah. right? Like yeah. First Peter talks about that. So I would say no upfront of I don't think we leave the soils, but I do think our heart is constantly a soil that we have to kind of nurture, nurture. and take yeah. the time to know like what's going on. And you do that, Alex, through a couple of ways. One, staying close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You got to be in His Word every day. James mm-hmm. talks about it as like a mirror. You look in the mirror, you see what's wrong, and you're supposed to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think us having intentional time where we can reflect on God's Word, see where we line up, see how we react to it. I mean, I know in my own life when I hear something from the Lord, I'm reading a passage, and it just bothers me. I'm like, I, that's not right. You know, I think that we've all those experiences that we just know when we're off. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever—maybe may, we are, but most of the time, I don't think we're totally fooled mm-hmm. of what what's going on in our heart. The other side, I'd say, is community. You need people in your life that can— have that open door to see into your heart yeah. when we're in a small group together and we yeah. talked in their first meeting on Hebrews 3 12-13 and in that the first command is to take care of one another to yeah. kind of have the ability to watch out to see if there's any sin in our life that's going to harden our heart and lead us away from God so the reality is that we need to have a place that has both accountability and encouragement yeah. accountability of having the the access to knowing what's going on in your life what's the junk going on and yeah. having the safety to talk about those things and then having the ability to encourage yeah. to, to speak life into each other's lives when we see ourselves Erring off the way because we can't do it all. We won't know it all. We'll, we'll have some blind spots. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things are primarily having the word in our life, whether that's individual time alone, in the word. And also, I'd say, coming to church and hearing the word preached, and then community, having people in your life who know you and love you yeah. who are going to help you out in
1: that way. So I grew up in a household where my dad was just an avid gar- gardener, right? And and the the thing that is about that is that you, you don't just plant the seed and then leave it alone and then hope it grows. Like, you right. have to constantly and consistently, daily... Yeah. Pour into that process, right? You have yeah. to. You have to work the soil. You have to work the seed. Maybe, maybe the seed was in the wrong position, right? So it's like you, you can't just leave it from the beginning yeah. and hope. And hope, right? Yeah, like you have to pay attention to it that every is, day. Right? That's
0: exactly true yeah. spiritually. It's yeah. it's a stewardship almost of a faith,
1: mm-hmm. the life that we live. Yeah, a spiritual lesson that you lay out this week um, is that the moment you stop sowing is the moment that the enemy starts winning. I mm-hmm. love that line, um, and it's so true. This is a reality that is tough though, right? Tough tough to hear it. Um, Tough to accept at times because sometimes we feel like we've been so persistent for so long. So this is going to be a hard question, but what would you say to the mom, the dad, the sister, the brother, the grandpa, the grandma, the son, the daughter, the friend that has literally been praying for years for the salvation of of someone that they love that hasn't seen it yet? What do you say to them to encourage them?
0: Well, definitely don't stop I mean, the the point stands. The moment we do stop, the moment the the enemy wins, and we don't want that. So I think um, I would encourage them. You know, that's it is not always easy and always not always immediate. And I think there's more stories of people eventually getting there than just immediately getting there. In the mm-hmm. sense of like, I think everyone kind of has that that process in their own story. I think it's becoming more rare for people to immediately just like, oh, I heard the gospel once and I'm getting saved now. Mm-hmm. Happens for yeah, sure. Yeah. But man, there's a lot of other stories, mine included, that I talk about. Even my dad, who got saved at 50. I mean, like, there Mm -hmm. are just so many stories of God just being a persistent presence in people's lives, breaking up the soil of their heart to eventually being ready, softened, to receive that word. And oftentimes, if not every time, it's happened out of someone praying for that to happen. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, there's an old adage of, like, there was someone praying for Alex Burns one day to get saved. Right? There was someone praying for Christian Grass to get saved. Mm -hmm. And eventually God answered that prayer. We're sitting here today as two evidences of that. So I'd encourage that those people, whoever that is, do not lose hope. Hmm. Do not lose hope because if you stop, I mean, the enemy's is going to win. If you keep going, there's always going to be a chance because it only takes one. Yeah. And I referenced this Galatians 6, 9. is a passage that I use at the end of my message talking about this reality of not growing weary in doing that, not yeah. growing weary in spreading the seed mm-hmm. because we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Doesn't mean it's always going to go our way. But God wants us to be persistent people. He teaches us and in, in how to pray, specifically Luke in a couple different chapters, gives us these powerful stories of people always mm. praying and not losing hearts. And I know it's hard. I have lost family myself, and so I'm in the same boat of like—I it's. I mean, to be honest, there's people in my family, I'm like, I can't see them ever getting saved. Yeah. Then again, mm. he saved me. And I'm not like a less of a miracle than my family. Like it just, for God to save you and me, Alex, was not easier than for him to save my family in the future. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. saving a human is saving a human and God is able to save anyone. Um, and so i 'm in the same boat of like trying to fight to have the faith of believing that eventually God will open up a door, soften their heart, and save them but he 's going to do that primarily through me praying and throwing seed out yeah. you know and so if i 'm doing that there 's always a chance and i 've mm-hmm. seen progress in my family, my brother in particular, who I would say had a very hard heart years ago. And over time, through relationship and interaction with me, mm-hmm. being a person who loves Jesus as a Christian has softened him over time where he is not ready to take the leap. Yeah. But we've had conversations. Yeah. He's even said, like, I- if I ever get there, I want to be where you're at. And it's like, whoa, you know? And so mm-hmm. I would say you, you, those things, it's it's not an easy answer, but it kind of is because it's like we well, can only do one thing, and that's keep going. Mm-hmm. That's keep sowing seed, keep spreading, keep praying and trust God to, to work the miracle that he worked in
1: your life as well as ours. Yeah, that's yeah, good. You mentioned it only takes one seed, and, and that persistence really mm-hmm. is key. And and we may sow quite a few different seeds that land on infertile surfaces, right? Um, some of those hard surfaces, some yeah. of those cracked surfaces, some yeah. of those rocky rocky surfaces. But how does persistent sowing and persistent discipleship develop us in our faith walk as the sower? mm
0: Good question. I would say it's it's a natural progression for the seed. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says the good soil receives a seed, and it's the one that does, doesn't only understand and hear the Word of God, but then it actually reproduces, right, mm-hmm. 30, 60, 100-fold of what it was before. So there's a reality of, like, being that sower and being a person that is watering that seed is what you're called to do. You're living out the purpose of being a Christian. The kingdom spreads not through the church mm-hmm. but through the Christian um, who is in the church, of course, but it's yeah. like individual Christians are the ones who are going to be having the light in the world mm-hmm. to open up the door for people to to come to know Jesus. So I think the the shaping effect is living out your faith, being what you're called to be, and letting God naturally use that process, as if in the same way that my story was him breaking up the soil of my heart from the hard soil, shallow soil, distracted soil, soft soil the continuation is the the multiplying effect right. the if you want to call it i don't even know how you can say it but the multiplying soil in a sense you know like that is the ultimate thing what he wants us to do in some shape or form some will do it more than the others some will be the 30 some will be the 60 some will be the 100 it, we're not called to all make the same amount of impact but we should all be doing the same function as the sower yeah it's good man so good Thanks.
1: Yeah, man, that was the last question I have for you. Is there anything else you want to kind of touch on from your message that we didn't get to dive into?
0: Uh, No, I mean, I think that that's a good little, you haven't listened to it.
1: Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, Yeah, definitely like go back, watch the message, listen to this podcast again. um, And and we truly do hope that that Jesus activates something in in your faith. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for listening today. Um, If this is your first time to the activate podcast, we're so glad that you joined us for this conversation. We release a new episode of this podcast every week, so join us again next week for more biblical insights and ways to truly activate your faith. If you live within the Kansas City area, we would love to meet you in person at one of our two weekend worship experiences. That's at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings. If you're listening from outside the Kansas City area, you can tune in every week to our services online. If you have a question about your spiritual journey, your spiritual walk, um, or a celebration you'd like to share about what God's doing in your life, Email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We would love to hear from you. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.